welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serio Sensei. We are on episode number 45. Um, it is September the 10th, uh, day after UFC 215. I'm back with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? Nothing. I'm in a joyous mood. It was a good, good weekend for combat sports. So I, I'm, I, I'm happy. I guess. <sighs> yeah. Last night was pretty, pretty awesome. I did not get a lot of sleep, but <laughs> it was, it was well worth it. We're recording this at like a little past nine a.m. in the morning, but it's, it's all good. It was, it was definitely worth it. Um, I was really happy that this card turned out good despite the main event you know getting canceled and all of that good stuff that even still i feel like it worked out for the best we got a, a pretty good card from top to bottom um so yeah i don't really have any random rambling so <laughs> i guess we will just jump right into it so main event a uh, highly anticipated rematch between amanda nunez and Latin- ah. Valentina Shevchenko. Um, where do I start? Because I, I saw a lot of unhappy people on my Twitter timeline. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Alright, so I'll say this first. Um, if I've learned anything in, in watching, not even just MMA, I feel like combat sports in general. And, and title fights, when you're a challenger... A lot of times, close decisions are not going to go your way. It's 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 like a championship perk, almost like. If, that's if you, the, that's the whole thing. Draw goes uh, draw goes to like what the the champion. So yeah, it's 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 just one of those things. And I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong, but it it kind of just is what it is. When when you're a challenger, if you if you don't definitively win a fight, which this fight was very 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 close. Most of the time, not isn't going to go your way. So, with that being said, um, while I was watching the fight, to be honest, I wasn't really scoring it. I was just kind of enjoying it and just waiting to see who would have that first, like, just big moment. Um, it was really interesting how really, like, measured this fight was. Really technical, not not as wild as we've seen Nunez, you know, not not going through and just blasting <laughs> like she did uh Rhonda and and uh, Misha but great measured fight from both of them um a lot of this fight I felt like Nunez pushed the pace um Valentina did I think do really good with countering neither one of them had a ton of volume really going on and nobody landed anything too like nobody really got rocked um, Shevchenko did land some pretty clean shots, but Nunez pushed the pace a lot more, uh, worked the leg kicks a lot more, and then started to work the grappling toward the latter half of the fight. 
Um, in real time, I actually did think they were going to give it to Shevchenko. Um, but I, w I wouldn't have been mad pretty much no matter who they gave this to. I thought they were going to give it to Shevchenko, but when Nunes got the W, I wasn't. I didn't really feel any <laughs> any kind of way about it because it, it was such a close fight. And like I said, it's just one of those things where if you don't definitively win, I'm kind of not surprised that they don't give you the nut. Um, I rewatched it this morning, of course, muted volume off, and yeah, I gave it. I actually did give it to Nunes. Um, I gave Nunez round one and two. I think I gave Shevchenko three and four. And then I gave Nunez five. Um, I think Shevchenko could have stole this fight, really, if she just would have... She would have put a foot on gas just a little bit more. Like, just a little bit. Because the fifth round was... The fifth round was up in the air until those takedowns started happening. And I get it. Nunez didn't do a ton with the takedowns in terms of damage. She kind of just took her down, got good positioning, but it wasn't like she was landing any like vicious ground and pound or anything crazy like that. But thing is, you, you get a takedown that those are moments of control, and at, at that time, it's almost <laughs> it's almost like a football game where like time of possession really matters. And she used her time very wisely. She in those moments she's in control so it's not like Shevchenko can really do much so on one hand you can say well Nunez isn't landing anything but on the other hand is Shevchenko got taken down so she's on the defense and your uh, judge isn't going to give you you don't really get pity points for just because the other person isn't doing anything when you're the one who got taken down so yeah I don't know it was, it was a really 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 close fight really technical fight um I think Nunez won just kind of based on control I'm, I'm not sure if she won on output i think stats would show probably i think shevchenko threw more but nunez had control and i, I feel like she just i feel like that is what mm. ultimately won her the fight but not, not to take away from shevchenko i think she did have a pretty solid performance i love the um she was throwing a lot of the superman punch into the leg kick that was working she had some really clean counters that she landed um, I actually felt like the moments where they, the really like brief spurts where they stayed in the pocket that Shevchenko was, I thought was actually landing the better of those exchanges, but they weren't that often like enough for me to really swing her at a fight. So yeah, really, really close fight. I knew after the decision, there were going to be a lot of, <laughs> a lot of angry people, but, um, yeah, I I think the right person won. But if you were to argue that Shevchenko won, I'm I'm not gonna be mad at you. But yeah, I I think Nunes did just enough, just enough to <clears throat> win. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with the decision. Like for what it's worth, um, and it's probably not worth much. But the UFC stats had New, uh, Nunes landing like ten or so more punches or strikes, I should say, throughout the whole fight. Okay. A lot of a lot of those are leg kicks though, so well like not like the pitter patter leg kick where she would just like uh what was that? like a swish kick to the lead leg from the uh, from the outside. Like mm -hmm. they weren't power kicks. Um I yeah, like this fight wasn't like overly entertaining but I enjoyed it. Like it went like how many fights do you think you watch a year? Like, 
<laughs> yeah, like the, the UFC itself runs 40 events. They normally have 12 fights on them. That's like 480 fights. That's like 480 fights just watching the UFC. Right. If you, in, if, if you catch every single one of them. Right. Not including Bellator or Any, kickboxing or bot. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, so like, like, point is, we watch a lot of fights and like, I, I, that, like, it takes something really offensive for me. They just call it boring nowadays. Because you, like, I learn stuff from stuff like watching stuff like this. Like, I feel like if I gain something out of it. Like it, it was worth my time. I think I, I think I gained something out of this by watching and watching Shevchenko and Nunes have a very slow, methodical kickboxing match. Yeah, that um, I'm fine with the decision either way. Like forty-eight, forty-seven for Shevchenko or Nunes would have been totally fine. Um, I'm a, I, I'm I was a little surprised. Like Canada seemed really behind Shevchenko. Like, they really wanted her to win. Yeah, they were getting, especially, I feel like, toward that third round, they were getting rowdy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's because the fight was bad and they were just booing Nunes, or Shevchenko was just, like, really popular there. I had no idea. But, like, they, they seemed to be in Shevchenko's corner. It, it was really weird, because, like, there'd be loud... But there'd be like loud, long stretches of booze, and then like they'd flip on an instant when something happened, and then they'd cheer for like a few, like ten seconds, and then they'd go back to booze. <laughs> I feel like it was one of those things where they were wait- waiting for Nunes to draw blood, and like that moment just didn't come, so they just switched to the challenge. Of, like, well, maybe she'll put it away, and yeah, that that moment just yeah, <laughs> I guess never but, happened. Um. I I will say Nunez um changing up her style to do uh rem- this was kind of like the inverse Woodley Thompson fight I want to say where you had the power striker um like the power striker who's prime who started off as like a like a wrestle top control type person right. come forward. As opposed to like Woodley, who fight, who fought the whole fight on the back foot, but um, come forward, pressure, throw like power, like low power strikes, like that's what this fight running like. It's like Woodley trying to conserve energy and not giving it his all. So by the end of the fight, we all feel like they they could have done more. Yeah, and honestly, this was I I, I know she won, but this was still like a really piss poor. <laughs> Game approach from like Nunez and her team, uh, and yeah, she won. But this fight was way closer than it the first one, and probably way closer than it needed to be. Cause, uh, like, because like we said, Shevchenko could have won this fight easily. Like, yeah. th- like, and there'd be no argument. I mean, not no argument, obviously, but like there, there'd be no controversy. Like. I don't think it's controversial that Nunes won this fight. I don't think it's con- I don't think it's controversial if she scored it for Chemchenko. and I, uh, she just she's lucky that Shevchenko is. I don't say lucky, but like Shevchenko is smaller and she's a low volume counter puncher who doesn't have a lot of power. But she like 
Is it me or is it just like when these kickboxers get to high levels of you know, like MMA, like their volume just kind of shuts down? Like we saw it with Wonder Boy. I'm trying to think of somebody else we've seen it with. Like we've seen it from times from like guys like a um, freaking Musasi or like he just not like he just cruises kind of. Is not the same as like Wonder Boy and like Shevchenko, but like like there's just like never this urgency because they feel like they're in control. I think it's probably part that and part, you know, you you don't want to rush in on Nunez and you know it, it just takes one clean shot. Yeah, you're probably up. If their if their plan was to repeat the first fight so that they could win rounds three, four, and five, or even like potentially put her away. You're not, like you're not going to do that by like not initiating and yeah. or or just like waiting on Nunez. Like she wasn't even doing things to try to draw out the counter. Like she wasn't putting the jab out there. Like I, I get why she didn't kick um, more to the body or the head or anything. But like y- you got to slow Nunez down somehow. I actually thought. While it wasn't, I guess, the most entertaining fight to watch, um, I thought Nunez actually game plan was it. I don't say it was. It wasn't a great game plan. I thought it was actually kind of smart though, because I feel like in the first fight everybody made an issue of, oh, you know, had the fight gone five rounds, her cardio would have failed her, and Shevchenko would have, you know, would have ended up pulling out the W. So she fought conservative to save energy. wasn't the most entertaining thing, but to watch, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd be more behind that if she did more in the fifth. Yeah, because yeah. she she was pretty fresh in the fifth round, and like she came out and she got the takedown and she got her back, but like she was really quick to give up her back. When she did get the takedown towards the end of the round, she didn't do anything with it. Like she didn't try to pass. Like she spent thirty seconds trying to drag her off the cage as she was sitting up, and then like from top did nothing with it. Like no ground and pound. Like, which is really content to just sit there and, like, wait out the clock. It like, almost is yeah, like... Like, like, with Woodley. Wood, like, towards the end of the... <clears throat> the Towards the end of both fights with Thompson, he put his exclamation mark on the fight. And it was yeah. the only offense in either one of those fights that anybody remembers. Like, if you're going to do that type of game style, you need to have that burst at the end. Right. And it can't just be, like, a takedown. Because yeah, like she could have lost that round. She definitely could have. <laughs> she definitely could have. Because when they... That, that last round, it, it was a good, like, maybe minute on the on the feet where it was pretty even. And you probably could argue that Shevchenko probably might have even gotten the better of those exchanges in that last round. But, yeah, it's when the fight is that close and you get a takedown, even if you don't do much, this, those little tiny moments can, I guess, can square judge. Yeah. I, I didn't get a chance to look at the scorecards. I would have been interested to see how. Uh, one, uh, 48, 47, um, two times for Nunez, 48, 47 for Shevchenko. Okay. I was waiting for that one. I, I, I to think. Come out of nowhere with the. <laughs> it, 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 it's actually really interesting because, um, like, if you do, cons- like, like, by consensus, um, three judges had her winning, like, Oh God, what was it? Three judges, uh, like, if you were doing the consensus by round, I want to say that um, she won the fight. 
Because uh, like three, ju- the three, uh, three, like two judges would agree on like that she won one round, and, and like two would agree that she won another round, and two would agree that she won a different round. Mm. So like the, they were giving her different rounds. So like this legitimately could not have been any closer. Yeah, I was gonna say, cause, yeah, because like all of these rounds were just most of them were razor sharp. Like one big punch could have turned the tide of any of these rounds, and it probably could have swung towards the other person but yeah man it's it's what happens when (laughs) you're in championship fights at the highest level and you get one of these technical fights if you're a challenger man it it sucks but hey man it is what it is if you don't if you don't put that definitive mark you might get the short end of the stick i i will say um there was a piece i want to say it was by brent akamoto i could be 100 percent wrong on that but uh they were talking to um, Nina Antaroff and about why she didn't take the first, uh, why she didn't take the fight, like why she didn't go through with the fight at UFC 207, hmm. like when she had the tinnitus or whatever, however, whatever she had. Um, she was talking about, oh, um, you know, like why risk it all? Like we could be making. A million dollars and have two or three fights guaranteed if we have the belt a year, and then we could and if we lose it, it's back to like sixty thousand and never knowing when your next fight's gonna be so if that if we're back to that kind of, of like thinking I'm, I'm the point is I'm interested to see what Nunes does next, yeah, that's actually where I was about to go because I'm looking at these rankings and um. <laughs> I don't really know what to make of this. So we got we got Holly Holm at two. What didn't she she have a fight? She's supposed she ex both her and Cyborg have accepted verbally oh, yeah, the yeah, fight, yeah. but I don't think they have a date. Or if they do, they they haven't like made the actual fight. No no contract's been signed. So, so there's she, that. She's potentially tied up. Didn't I believe Juliana Pena lost her last fight, right? Yeah, she's not fought since um she got armbarred. Yeah, so she's coming off a loss. Ronda's ranked at number four, but she's pretty much MIA at this point. So that leaves Raquel Pennington at number five. Sarah McMahon, who well, we'll get to her later. Uh and then you got Zangano at seven. Who should fight. Like if she gets a win in her next fight. Like, why not? You know, yeah. she has a win over the champion. That's something that you can sell. Um, Jermaine Deronomy, um, I mean, she technically was the first women's featherweight championship. I don't think the UFC wants to give her the title because she refused <laughs> to fight Cyborg. But, uh, like, if it, it, that's a rematch, it, it wasn't a competitive fight the first time, it was a rematch. UFC likes rematches. Um, this Carmouche is MIA. Uh, but, like, the thing with women's bantamweight is it's like a, it's like flyweight, where there are fresh matchups to be made if you do the booking right. You feel me? Like yeah. Caitlin Vera, she's right there. Yeah, and she's at thirteen, but like realistically, she'll be <laughs> she'll be number six or seven or five. She should be five, or because yeah. Pennington should move up and. Freaking Ronda should drop off because she's not here anymore. Yeah. So, but next for Nunez, if 
nothing happens in the incoming months, it's probably Raquel Pennington, which I'm down with, because Rocky's awesome. We'll see. I'm I'm interested to see how that goes. As for Shevchenko, just go to 125, man. Let's 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 get this Yoana uh, fight. <laughs> let's 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 just make this happen. Well, she has to murder whoever comes off the um the Ultimate Fighter as a champion first. So huh, like yeah. Deanna, Deanna Bennett, Rocky, um, uh, Roxanne Mataferi, uh, who who are the other two that were pro- uh, Lauren Murphy, and uh, what the what was the last person's name? Oh, Barb Honchak. It's probably going to be one of them because <laughs> the rest of that roster is not good at all. So. Yeah. I'm look, I'm looking forward to Yuan and Jacek Valentina Shachenko four eventually. Hopefully. We'll get it, but yeah, um interesting main event. Not oh <laughs> just to piggyback off something you said earlier, um, about uh people saying this fight was boring. Um I'm gonna tell you guys a boring fight. You no. I watched I sat through Frank Mir and Miracle Crow Cup. You wanna talk about bo- that was a boring fight. That was one of the worst fights I've seen in a very, 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 very long time. So, yeah, if you guys thought this was boring, no, this, this, this mm. fight, this, this fight was not boring. There, there are plenty of. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Like, it, it, it was fine. That's yeah. Like, yeah, I want boring. Go watch Sam Alvey fight Rashad Evans. <laughs> I think the only reason you can say this was boring is if you compare it to the rest of the card. That was... and, and that and like people paid sixty dollars to see this main event. Like we're yeah. in the we're in the era where like the undercard no longer matters. It's all about the main event. And if you pay sixty dollars to see that, uh... yeah, you probably weren't uh probably weren't too thrilled. Yeah, <laughs> with what you saw. But yeah, man. Um, solid. I guess solid performance from both. Not not the greatest main event, but hey man, it is what it is. Um, so shout out to Nunes for defending the belt again, and yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing uh, what both of these uh, two women do next. Um, on to this co-main uh-huh. event, which not a whole lot to talk about because God did this fight end fast. Rafael uh, <laughs> uh, Dos Anjos uh, once again at welterweight showing out against Neil Magny. Um. I was actually talking to my friend about this uh, right before the card started. And I was like, yeah, all signs to me point towards Dos Anjos should win. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Magny wins because he just finds ways to win fights that I don't think he will. But this was not <laughs> this was not one of those fights. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Magny's reach and blankiness just kind of didn't matter <laughs> in this fight at all. Um... It was kind of funny because during the commentary, one of them had mentioned, like, his leg kicks, uh, Dos Anjos, and right as they said it, Dos Anjos landed a leg kick, and Magni went down, and then Dos Anjos got on top, and it was just kind of over from there, man. Like, <laughs> he just kind of beat him up a little bit on the ground. I think he was in half guard for a little bit, and then I think he had side control at one point, and then he got mount, and he's beating up on him a little bit, and I think Magni, like, kind of tried to buck him off and in a split moment Dos Anjos just in the split moment where Dos, uh, I think Magni tried to buck him off and I think he was trying to give his back so he could I guess attempt to get back up but 
and that moment's notice, Dos Anjos just got a hold of his neck, and that uh that uh, head arm triangle was really really tight. <laughs> Magni Magni tapped really hard, like that. He was he was at the end of the road, and yeah, man, Dos Anjos is a a pant beast at welterweight, man. He is um, he is a contender. Yeah, I'm at, yeah I'm sold at this point. I will not doubt his uh. <laughs> I won't doubt him at welterweight anymore. Um, I saw a lot of people calling for him and Robbie, which I wouldn't be mad at. But to be honest, at this point, I mean, if you want to give him a title shot, I'm almost not even mad at that. Like, let's just see if he can <laughs> if he can pull it off. But, yeah, man, really dominant performance. That's, I feel like that's all you can say about this. Really dominant performance from, from the RDA. So I didn't know this um, before... I guess this fight. Uh, I'm trying to remember if I were. It was like passing out, pass, trying to cut to 155. Like, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I can't remember. I did. Um, I can't remember what fight it was. Yeah, he used to have a lot. Yeah, pretty hard time. Uh, I, I know that Ferguson fight where he could almost killed him, but I, I didn't know he was like legitimately passing out. So it makes sense that he is such a strong freaking welterweight. Um. Well, there's legitimately like no reason he shouldn't fight for a title next, other than Woodley is hurt and probably is gone until 2018. Um, like I, I don't think anybody wants to see Lawler fight Woodley. If Tom, uh, there's a decent chance Thompson beats Masvidal and takes him out of contention again. Um, no one wants to see a Meyer rematch, even if he does like neck crank Colby Covington into like obscurity <laughs> and Santiago Ponzinibbio is still like a fight or two away so if Woodley can fight in December I'd say make the this this RDA fight because I think RDA is like the most interesting challenge for him besides like Masvidal and and RDA is going to be a guy who brings the fight to him like he's a pressure fighter by nature and he'll come forward and like put it on Woodley and force him to engage so that'll be fun yeah. Yeah, man, this this dude's been he like he, he like uh, we undersold how good his transformation has become since he joined Evolve. Like night dude, night and day, man. The dude yeah. like <laughs> he's gotten like three levels better. Like he's completely transformed into something else. Yeah. Good luck to um anybody yeah <laughs> good luck to anybody who and i hope i'm probably wrong but i hope performances like his maybe on some chance encourage fighters to go up to like their natural weight class well like of... apparently this isn't even like his natural weight class because he still cuts like serious weight to make 170 <laughs> like he walks around at like 205 or something like ridiculous Jesus like Christ. that like he is a thick man. Like, uh, I don't know. I, like, I know you can't ever discount steroids or whatever. But like, this is a dude who was literally like a pudge ball at one fifty five when he first like when he first made his debut. <laughs> who, who lifted no weights whatsoever. So uh, just like this is testimony. Like, this is a testament to like a good strength and conditioning program as well. So. Yeah, man. I, like, RDA has me excited for welterweight. 
I just think it shows like, um, what was I gonna say? Like, like technique and skill can overcome size. Yeah, and I think he's a prime example of that because even as him being as you know thick as he is at welterweight, there's still people that are probably pretty bigger than him. I mean, like Agni has like a six inch height advantage, right? <laughs> like, but, but it's six just inch like height advantage and a how long it how. And a ten inch wait ten inch reach advantage. reach advantage and it just didn't matter like it didn't, like yeah at all like his this technique can get you a far can can get you pretty far so yeah man good luck to anybody going against him at uh at welterweight I would love to see him and Cerrone if they ever oh no they fought already they fought yeah. twice yeah never mind okay we don't need... <laughs> I forgot yeah we don't, we don't need to see that again. I, I, I think Don, I don't think Donald wants that again. <laughs> I forgot that happened. Yeah, but yeah, I, I yeah, give I say give the man the title shot at this point. I'm I'm let's let's just throw it up there, see if he can see if see if he can bring that belt and you know. Uh, another, uh just like that actually this actually reminds me, this fight. Um uh, I I mentioned before, like we uh, my like as long as fights like teach us something about the fighter like that's what makes that's what May, uh, that's it takes just a son of the fighter or like MMA in general. That's what makes me happy. I think that's why I like this card so much. Like there were fights with legit implications and weight in their like respective divisions. Like this fight, obviously. Um, Cejudo Hayes, Latifi Pedro, Vieira McMahon. Uh, to a lesser extent, Glenn Tucker. And uh. I guess Stevens Melendez, but like uh, those fights have weight in their respective divisions. Not just because they're like it's a ranking thing, but it's a prospect versus veteran thing. It's a journeyman versus journeyman thing, or like gatekeeper versus gatekeeper thing. So that that's what really made me happy about this card. Yeah, there was a lot to. Oh my lord, I'm looking at those Iris's record. He, his resume, <laughs> like, like his he, resume is so legit. Like when he fought Eddie Alvarez, I, I had I was already calling him like probably the best lightweight ever, because his resume is fucking thick. So like, you got ben, starting. All right, so even at the lower end of people, so you got like Terry Adams, Sadaropoulos, Kamal Shalarus, and and Mark Bocek, but then you got Evan Dunham, Cerrone, Bendo, which he dominated. Diaz, which he dominated, Pettis, which he he dominated, Cerrone, he dominated. Yeah, then he lost to Eddie and Ferguson, then Safety and then Magny. Yeah, like you probably could make an argument. <laughs> he might be the goat lightweight, even though he's not even a lightweight anymore. Dude, like, if if he had had um, if he had had Cordero uh, in his corner. When he fought Ferguson, I honestly got to think he probably would have won that fight. If you live, work, go to school, like Cordero would have never let him take a back, like a, a step backwards. Props to Ferguson for uh, oh hell yeah <laughs> for, be, for beating RDA. <laughs> like, yeah, man, but yeah, RDA is a scary man. Potential. Uh, 
what is it? What would he be? Fifth UFC two division champion? Uh, I see. Yeah, Connor, BJ. Um, who else? Uh, Connor, BJ. Um, names on said Randy Couture. Oh yeah, Couture had two hundred five and heavyweight. Um, I don't think anyone else did it. Unless I'm missing somebody. Yeah, it no. was just three, so he'd be the fourth. Okay. Still, that's uh, that's really, really, it's <laughs> really, really good company. Yeah, and he'd be the first Brazilian to do it. So history. Yeah. So, shout out to him. Dominant, dominant performance. Um, oh Lord, yes. Speaking of dominant performances, my God, this next fight. <laughs> oh man, I'm so glad that this was a main card uh, fight, and the world got to see this performance. Um, Henry Cejudo and Wilson Hayes. So, yeah, man, I've been keeping an eye on Cejudo ever since. Um, God, what organization was that? He was in, was it LFA or I can't remember if he was RFA or Legacy. Yeah, Legacy. And even back in those days, like he wasn't as polished as you know. I mean, he was new to the sport, so it's not like I expected him to be some world beater. But like you just saw flashes of how good he could be if he was to like reach his full potential. Just you know, make the natural progression as a fighter. You know, as a fighter does. And God, man, like if you look at him just like a, a year ago and you look at what we got yesterday, this dude has just, he hit, he hit the Super Saiyan God level last night. Like, <laughs> this, this man looks completely different than what I've seen him like literally just a year ago. Um, yeah, man, he, he dominated Hayes pretty much from start to finish. He comes out in the, you know, the karate-like wide leg stance. He's firing that straight right down the pipe, which is just blasting haste every time. And the moments where they stand in the pocket, he, oh my God, he, he looks so good. Just everything was so accurate. He was really patient with his strikes. And I think it's dangerous that he has this Olympic, you know, gold medalist wrestling background. And he's not even, <laughs> we we haven't even seen the best of him. He's not even really using his wrestling that much to to get wins. He's winning by striking with people, which I think is very scary <laughs> for people who have to fight this man in years to come because not only do you have to worry about his wrestling and his takedown defense, which I believe is at 100% still. Uh, I think they threw that set out, that he's never been taken down in the UFC yet. But I mean, probably. Yeah, like, cause I think he he shot for a single and he he didn't get it. Yeah. Um. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> like he 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 lit Hayes up on the feet, man. It was it was beautiful to watch, and uh, yeah, I think not. I'm trying to say how to word this. Borg Borg pulling out. I can't say it was a good thing. I'll never say that because I, I I was looking forward to that fight, but in a way I feel like <laughs> him pulling out might have set the stage for a, a a rematch that could be anticipated if 
Like, I think that, like you said, uh, we had talked a little bit during the card. Like, this is the Cejudo that we were waiting for. And it it seemed like he's arrived. Like, this is the guy that we thought could give Mighty Mouse some problems. Or at least make a make it a, a pretty competitive fight. You know, the, the first time he kind of kind of just threw him in there. I mean, and I don't really blame them. They were, you know, at that time, Mighty Mouse had already beaten Benavidez, what, three times or two times, something like that. He had twice. ran through, yeah. He had beaten Benavidez twice, the second time very convincingly, and he pretty much ran through everybody else. So Cejudo was the only fresh face who was, you know, making noise and, you know, he, he was a young guy. It probably was a bit too soon. But yeah, this, this Cejudo last night, man. Yeah, I'm I'm not against this guy getting a rematch. He he looked amazing last night. Um, I, I'm I think Cejudo did a brilliant job of rebuilding anticipation for that rematch. I I don't think it should be next. Like I, I want to see him get one, another win or two in there, just like work and craft his game some more. Like, not even just to get the wins, but, like, to get the tra- training camps in. Because, like, as amazing as he was, he still got destroyed in less than three minutes by Demetrius Johnson. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. I mean, and don't get me wrong. He's night and day different and so much better than he ever was. But, um, like, it's still, it, I still, I still want to see more. I, I still want, like, I, I don't want this to be like, oh, he fought Wilson Hayes and Benavidez on the downside, and all of a sudden he gets back to Demetrius Johnson and then he gets destroyed. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want this to be a, a legit rematch where, like, we see. But, like, remember when Benavidez first lost and it was, like, a really close decision to um, DJ? Yeah, and then he went on a freaking tear and knocked out like the next three people he fought. <laughs> he killed, yeah, he killed everybody. Yeah, I, I, I want it to be kind of like that. Like there is a build up to it. Um, as for the fight itself, yeah, no, he looked amazing. Like people are kind of joking, Conor McGregor esque. I mean, kind of basically, like just he he did the things McGregor does to orthodox fighters but he did it as an orthodox fighting a southpaw like the right hand that put pace down is like is what it was the same quarter pivot quarter step pivot right uh left hand that McGregor throws just from the opposite side uh it, it was great apparently he was working with Machida who knew like um, a big difference is he didn't pressure as much. Um, one of the things that we've seen him do in uh, other fights is that he fades down the stretch. Um, just because he just puts so much pressure on the people he's fighting. But if he's comfortable enough to like stand at distance uh, and like come in and out, um, just, you know, be able to court, uncork that right hand from like... Uh, well, in the middle of the cage, as opposed to like walking guys down, like that—that's a big win for his cardio. He—he's just turned—he just turned thirty. He turned thirty this year, so yeah, that—that that might be a factor moving forward. I maybe not because he doesn't have all wear and tear. And another thing is, he's only been doing this for like four years. Right. That's that's scary. 
Like, <laughs> he got to Johnson in three years. Um, and this is the best. This is either this is the second best win of his career, and it's a finish, which he was not getting in the UFC before. So that, that's a good sign. Um, there's a, like DJ gets like a lot of shit for like getting to guys too quickly, like Cejudo fought him early in his career, Horiguchi fought him probably before you know, the prime of his career. But I think I really lit a fire under those guys. Like, if you were to ask me, like the two flyweights who I think were are on like track to be like elite, not just flyweights but fighters, it's Horiguchi and Cejudo. And they re- they really turned it up after that uh, after the loss, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which makes it all the worse that they let Horiguchi walk. Horiguchi go. Yeah. yeah. But like, for for Cejudo, he is finally clicking. It's finally getting into him that he has to take this shit seriously if he wants to be a lead fighter, and he's taking all the steps necessary to do it. Like, I, I'd love to see him rematch Benavides. To be like honest with you, like I, um, I don't know when he'll be ba- uh, Ben Vies will be back. Probably not till like he tours ACL in May, so he probably won't be back till like April, May of next year. So maybe give him another fight in between. I was gonna say I feel like the three, maybe the three fights I, I could see would be Cejudo Benavides, Cejudo Sergio, since Sergio, you know, is seems to be I ain't gonna say adamant, but. Like he, he doesn't think he's ready for a title shot yet, so like the winner of that of Sergio Cejudo is going to be as ready as you can be for Blake right. Johnson. So that or even um I wouldn't even be mad at uh you throw Ben one in there. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, e- either three of those fights I think would be really good for Cejudo next, and then yeah whoever wins out of those could get the next crack at uh at Mighty Mouse. But whew, yeah, man. If if I pulled anything from this card, <laughs> this dude Cejudo, man, he is going to be a problem. <laughs> like years to come, he is going to be a problem, man. Like, yeah. He's going to be, by the time he's in, he's going to be a lead fighter. Yeah, yeah. Like, th- just think back. Like, this is the same dude who was, like, going night and day with, uh, not, uh, he was going, like, um, toe for toe with, like, Tip for tack without Juicy Formiga, right? And having trouble like making weight and oh, that by the way, he came in in like fantastic shape. Like, did you see him at weigh-ins? He looked, he was shredded, <laughs> but like, yeah, he didn't look like drained out. He, yeah, he, after everything is whatever he's doing in camp is is firing at all cylinders. So, yeah, man, this this dude is he he's scary. Four years into MMA and he's already he's he's hitting like that elite stride and yeah man poor poor Hayes I don't I don't think he knew <laughs> I don't think he knew what what was about to happen man that can we talk about Wilson Hayes like Wilson Hayes has fought whose loss whose losses have only come to Joe Soto early in his career Patricio Pitbull twice Eduardo Dantes. Yuri Alcantara in a fight. I thought he won. Juicier Formiga and jo- and DJ. A- and the only fight I want to say out all those that he looked like completely like he shouldn't be there was like the DJ fight and maybe the Dantes fight. 
I don't remember that one because it was so long ago. So like Zahudo for Zahudo to come out here and do what he did against him is like amazing. Yeah. Whew. Don't don't get rid of one twenty five. Zahudo might have just saved the division. Right. We can't we can't get rid of one twenty five, man. Yeah, like this this guy's he's he's something to watch. He is definitely something to watch. So Like I yeah. I really hope they get behind like building the Cejudo DJ rematch. You have to at this point. Like, you, oh. you don't have to have it right away. Like, I, I, that's why I want them to remember. Like, you don't have to have it right away. Like, just build to it. Well, we'll see, man. Um, yeah. Benavidez, no matter what he does next, I'm I'm in front of the TV. I'm, I'm there. I'm all for it. <laughs> but... Yeah, amazing performance by uh, Cejudo. Um, I guess speaking of prospects, uh, this next fight, Alir Latifi <laughs> out here looking like Kratos uh, versus Ty uh, Tyson Pedro. Um, I was really, really interested to see this uh, this matchup. Always good to see the the young guy go against the vet and see you know see if he's ready to make that that next leap. Um, while Tyson lost the fight, I, I still saw a lot of things I did like from him. Um, I think he, I gave him the first round. He really, really crafty with feints and working his leg kicks and that body kick, which he landed repeatedly, which <laughs> one of those kicks I definitely think like woke Latifi up. Um, see, so yeah, I really like what I saw from him in the first round. I thought it was impressive that I think it was the first round, like. He had got taken down in the north south uh position and Latifi is a a big like, <laughs> like he's one of one of those guys like Romero that he just has that superhero build. Latifi yeah. legit legitimately might be the strongest fighter in the UFC. Right. Like this dude is just people aren't supposed to have those kind of physiques. And I thought it was impressive that Pedro managed to get up twice <laughs> after being taken down by him. And like Latifi had really good position too. So but yeah, I think I gave the first to Pedro, um, just via body kicks, leg kicks, being being pretty crafty in there with feints and everything. But yeah, towards the second and the third, the TV was have the TV did a really good job of countering uh the leg kicks that Pedro was throwing. Like every time Pedro would throw a leg kick, Latifi would just blast off a right hand. And that seemed to be working really well. Um he had a few moments where he would just kinda blitz and get in a few good strikes. But think the difference just came down to grappling like Latifi's just it's a big man <laughs> eventually if he keeps going for takedowns he's probably going to get you and it just I think the takedowns kind of wore Pedro out and Latifi just you know he was he was able to control him he was able to rough him up but not not a bad performance from Pedro at all um to be he's what six he was six and oh or five and oh um, he I can't is, remember at that point. He was six and zero. Yeah, so I mean six and zero, and you fight a guy like Latifi, who's a, a pretty, I would say, a pretty good measuring stick to see where you are as a, you know, as a prospect. Um, it, it's one of those growing fights where you know, you you put up a competitive fight, you had some good moments, um, you you came up short in the end, but you you can you know go back, go to the drawing board, definitely figure out you know. Your holes, which I think he, you know, wrestling might and 
slash grappling might be a thing he may need to focus a bit more on. But uh, for Latifi, who I feel like we mentioned this before, like we forget how long this guy's been around. <laughs> like he, he's still he's still hanging out there just lurking. Um, never an easy out for anybody. Um, sitting he's sitting actually right at number ten. So uh, yeah, solid win for Latifi, who's just out here built like a superhero, just roughing dudes up. <laughs> It's a scary guy, man. That is not a guy. If I see looking across the cage, I don't. I don't think I'm about that action. But <laughs> yeah, good, good, good win for Latifi. Uh, still solid performance from from Pedro. Definitely looking forward to seeing him again. And um, yeah, man, it, it was a solid, pretty, uh, pretty solid fight. Mm-hmm. Um, like talk about guys who've been doing this for a short time. Like Pedro is also another dude who's only been doing this for four years. And before this fight, he only had like six fights, partly because he's a light heavyweight fighting in the oh, well, not even because he only had he had the one fight in 2013, and then he like disappeared for three years. Uh, like this is a dude's, uh, he's a dude very much started fighting in 2016. Like he's been doing, he's been training all his life, but he hasn't been fighting. He's been fighting for like maybe two years. Um. So it was really weird when they made this fight because it felt like there should have been like a step in between like Latifi and um, Pedro. Um, like uh, God, who 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 would be that guy? Like Igor, what was the dude's name? Igor Pragajak, the yeah. dude Fabio. Like that's the type of fight that he probably should have got before he got Latifi. But th- like, there's just not a lot of those guys anymore. Because of <laughs> they all got cut. They all, yeah, they've all <laughs> expended their use, and like they're now on the regional scene, like doing fuck knows who what. Like, but um, Pedro actually surprised me. I thought he was gonna get like run through, and they, you know he looked good. He looked good. He looked solid in defeat. He's twenty five, fought a dude who like two or three times as many fights as he had. Who's been in there with top ten talent like Masasi and Bader? Um, who realistically was a stylist and nightmare for him because I, I don't know what type of wrestling training he's getting out there in Australia, and he's kind of like a lanky dude to begin with. So I'm I'm figuring like his gra- like his wrestling is not great, but he, again he looked good like in defeat. Um, Latifi just put in like a veteran's day of work. Yeah. I think once after that first round, it was kind of another day at the office. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he definitely had to work for it though. Not, not to undersell that, but. Yeah. I like some of the stuff that Pedro was doing with like the funky body kicks and stuff. Um, like I, there's not really a lot to say there except like light heavyweight is where they throw dudes into the deep end really quick because what Pedro had only fought like in the UFC twice right like, he debuted he debuted against uh, Khalil Roundtree and then he beat Paul Craig and then he was fighting Khalil Ratifi and that's just a, that's, that's a ridiculous jump right <laughs> that's like you're going from like top 30 to like it's really weird looking at these rankings because Latifi's in like this weird spot where like he never really gets like that big win, but he's good enough to turn away 
like somebody that's not elite. Like he probably wins those fights nine times out of ten. He he's just consistent. Like he he's you know what you're gonna get with Latif. He's gonna throw bombs, and if he feels like he can't knock you out, he's gonna take you down. Like he he's a powerhouse fighter. So if you're an elite fighter, you know how to deal with that. And if you're not, like, if you can wrestle and stuff and strike, and if you're not, you, you get sent to the wasteland. Yeah. So, yeah, solid, uh, solid win for Latifi. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing Pedro again. Uh, 205 division, just looking at these rankings. My God, we got little Nog. <laughs> I saw his name yesterday. It's like he's still ranked. I didn't even know. I just feel like I haven't seen him in so long. We got little Nog at 11. Shogun, <laughs> number six. Oh, God, this division, boy. This is this, this strange. Uh, 205, man. What's going on? 1, 2, 3, 4, <laughs> 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So there are... Hold on. I don't, I don't, I don't see a number here. I don't know how many light heavyweights there are in the UFC, but there are 12 with less than w w one fight or less. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's state of 205. It's just... Save us, Saki. Right. <laughs> please. Oh, isn't his fight soon, right? I feel like he's... Two weeks. Fight's not... Yeah. Yeah, please. Um, I forgot who he's fighting, but my God, to put on the show, man. Just go and light somebody up. He's fighting Enrique De Silva. Yeah. Do Do work. Please do work. <laughs> we need you. We need anybody at this point. Um, but yeah, good good winner for Latifi. Uh, we're definitely looking forward to seeing uh, Pedro again. Uh, the last fight on the main card, which actually got bumped up to from the preliminary since the uh, Mighty Mouth fight uh, got canceled. Uh, Jeremy Stevens and Gilbert Melendez. Um, oh Lord. <laughs> From a fan's perspective, oh god, this fight really hurt. This fight hurt a lot. Um, Barboza ruined Melendez. <laughs> like just just to give like back, I guess like a minor backstory. Like Gilbert for me was like, I love Strikeforce, man. I really love Strikeforce when that organization was around. And Gilbert was probably like my favorite lightweight, man. I I loved watching this dude fight, especially like the, his fights with Thompson were all, like he just. He was always in some crazy war, but I just I was I loved watching him fight. And he came over to UFC. Things haven't quite gone his way. Not at all. Really. <laughs> I was I was kind of worried that he said he was dropping the forty five, but then I like I saw him at the weigh-ins. I was like, oh, he actually looks he looks pretty good actually. Well, he he, he's a small. He was a small like he, he wasn't small in like strike force because well he I mean he was but like there's just not that like pool of competition but like a lightweight he was tiny like you see him next to edson barboza like he he, he was dwarfed <laughs> yeah it's but talking about the weigh-ins i was like all right he looks he looks he looks good maybe this you know this will go well but the thing that worried me was your first fight at 45 so you always wonder is the weight cut going to affect you and then two your first fight at 45 is jeremy stevens it's not an it's not an easy out. 
Uh, definitely not an easy out. Not a gimme fight by any stretch of the imagination. And, um, yeah, within, like, the first two minutes of this fight, I was just like, oh, no. It's, <laughs> it's, I, I knew it. My, my feelings were about to get hurt. And, my God, they, they get destroyed. Um, but props to Stevens, man. He looked amazing in this fight. Um, he wasn't out there, like, just throwing bombs. He was really calculated, but still just super effective, man. And a really great job on his part of mixing up strikes, man. You had jabs, hooks, uppercuts, leg kicks. Like, he was throwing everything from every angle. <laughs> like, And, God, Melendez got that front leg, which he stands really heavy on. He he got that leg chewed, just chewed alive, man. And by the end of the first, he's barely walking on his leg. Second round gets here. I mean, and... Props to Melendez in his corner. I felt like they gave him pretty solid advice. Like, listen, either you get, either need to get right in in Steven's mm -hmm. face, or you need to back all the way out so you don't get uh -huh. your leg kicked off. And he tried to execute that to, I guess, the best one could <laughs> with one leg. But I mean, he he pressed forward, and he actually did have moments where he landed some pretty good shots. He does have pretty pretty solid boxing, but. That leg just got, it got eight alive, and Stevens just, he put on a really good, just an onslaught, a really dominant <laughs> performance on his part, in which he repeatedly kicked Gilbert in the leg, and Melendez just kept falling, and he tried to stay into the fight, but Jeremy just kind of lit him up, man. He, body punches, just everything, man. He, ugh. Every time Gilbert got hit, I just almost wanted the fight to be over because it, just, yeah. <laughs> it was it was getting kind of hard to watch. But um, awesome performance by Stevens. I think. I mean, I, I get it. Gilbert hasn't been the the greatest in the UFC, but I mean, I feel like in the grand scheme of things, for Stevens, like this this is a really good name to have on your resume, and he did it in pretty dominant fashion. So I, I feel like for him, that's a pretty big confidence booster um yeah man though yeah steve stevens looked he looked he looked really really good and for melendez oh man i don't want to throw the r word out there but god <laughs> like i just i wonder like how much more how much more punishment can can he take like he's a tough dude but uh yeah okay I, I, I don't need okay talking about like the R word. <clears throat> Apparently, Melendez's corner convinced him not to quit on the stool after the second round. Like, no. Like, like your guy can barely walk. There's obviously something seriously wrong with him. The other guy is not only picked is like exploiting it, like to the nth degree. Like, just stop the fight. Like, think about what comes next. Uh, like, this is one of three fights on this card where, where I'm going to have to, like, say some shit. Because, oh, God, wait till we get to Glenn Tucker. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Because I got, I got some shit to say about that. But, like, Cornerman, like, your guy can barely walk. He can't, he was never much of a power puncher to begin with. Like, he, he he is literally 
Melendez was doing this thing in the second round where, like, he was, which was really smart. He was switching into, uh, I want to say, southpaw, leading with his um his other leg. And when he would get close, he would switch back so he could throw power punches, like close enough where he could th- where he could throw punches, but Stevens couldn't throw the kick anymore. And that fell by the wayside towards the end of the round as Stevens just started kicking him in the back of like the front of the leg. Right. It, like it, there was just nothing. Melend- it just wasn't going to be Melendez's night. It only I don't think we mentioned it. it only took like two or three before like it became perfectly clear Melendez was just not going to be able to stop them. Yeah. Like I think on the third or fourth one he like uh he he just went down. But um Yeah, no, like stop the fight. Like Melendez might have a career yet at one forty five. Chop chalk this up as oh he ate a bad kick early. And you know, you know and we we just couldn't do anything about it. It was just a bad night for for him. But no, they they went through with it, and now he might have permanent leg damage. Like, no, I don't say because now I mean, if he, if he comes back, everybody's looking at that footage, and now the game plan is just all right. We're gonna chew the leg up because he just doesn't check leg kicks. Like, uh, yeah, that was that was hard to watch. That was, <sighs> But yeah, well, I mean, like, let's talk about Stevens' resume really quick. Because it's like this weird thing where it looks good in hindsight out of context. And in context, because I still think all his wins are pretty good. But, like, he has Melendez, Henan Burrell, Dennis Bermudez, Darren Elkins, and RDA on his record. Yeah, that's actually... <laughs> those are those are pretty good names. Like this is RDA back before he was ever even like considered a contender, let alone like yeah. a champ, like a a level fighter. But still, like, and this is Burrell after it becomes perfect. Like it's become perfectly clear he's just not the same fighter he was when before the DJ Dillashaw fights. Yeah. But no, like Stevens is out here just putting on smart performances and getting wins. But he, yeah. he found something that worked early, stuck with it for 15 minutes, and got an easy win out of it. Yeah. I think it was good that he was really measured in this fight, too. Like, Yeah. I feel like almost he... I don't see... I feel like he could have went for the kill. But, like, he, he was pretty patient with his strikes. Like, it, it was patient, but... It was patient, but he was still throwing a lot. Like, it, it wasn't like the main event where, like, they're just kind of pity pass shot. And, like, no, he was, he was landing some hard hits. Yeah. It was it was a really 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 good performance from him, but yeah, let me pull up the featherweight rankings because he's another one of those guys that like he is a really really good fighter, but he's the ultimate gatekeeper. Like he has lost to basically everybody in the top five or four or five except for like Aldo in the Korean Zombie. But let's see, so where all right, so you got Stevens at eight, so you got. Yair ahead of him, Ortega ahead of him, Korean Zombie who he's injured, right? Yeah, I think he's injured again. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Stevens and Cub. What, did that fight? Have they fought? Yes. Before? Yeah, that's the fight where um, Swanson won. I want to say he won forty-eight, forty-seven, but Stevens broke his hand in like the first round or something. 
Because I feel like Stevens against like Cub or even Ortega wouldn't be mad at those. And I think those are winnable fights for him. I mean, like I said, like the Stevens might have won the first Swanson fight if he didn't break his hand. So I'd be down with that very much, like just yeah. just for fun. But I think Swanson has his heart set on a title fight, so maybe he looks for somebody a little further up the ladder. Oh, man, the only <laughs> not so many people ahead of him. <laughs> but yeah, featherweights, yeah, nasty division. Yeah, really nasty division. But yeah, good good win for Stevens. Uh, yeah, interested to see what matchups he gets next because he's just kind of in that weird spot where like he'll he'll turn away someone not as experienced, but it's just like when he's trying to crack that elite elite level, he just falls short. But I don't know, man. He might have maybe he, he's turned the corner. He, he looked really good, like I said, not not out there winging punches, not gassing himself out, fought really measured and. But still effective, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's turned the corner, and the next time we see him against a, you know, top three, top five guy, maybe he gets it done. But yeah, really, really good performance from uh, him and from Melendez, man. Uh, no, if I, I'd him, like uh, to see, I like to see Stevens versus um, Jason Knight. That'll be a fun, <laughs> a fun, <laughs> a fun bloody fight. I would probably pick Stevens in that though. Yeah, I think uh, I think veteran status would just kind of take over, but that would definitely be a nice, <laughs> a nice fan friendly just bleed fight. Um, yeah, man, for Melendez, uh, get some ice on that leg, bro. And uh, yeah, really, <laughs> I hope you can... really think about what comes next. Yeah, yeah, because um, unfortunately at featherweight, it doesn't get easier. <laughs> Like, not a lot of easy outs at, at featherweight, especially when you're, even outside of the top 15, you, you still got a lot of young dudes out there that, that can still put it on you, so, yeah, but, oof, oof. good good win by Stevens, that's all I'll say about that fight, <laughs> but, so that, uh, that rounded out the main card, um, pretty awesome main card, I mean, I get it, main event wasn't as great as everybody had hoped, but, Overall, man, that, that that was an A plus main card for me, and these prelims were really good. Also, um, I guess continuing down the ladder, uh, Caitlin Vieira and Sarah McMahon, which I briefly watched the second round of this right before we started recording. Um, really good win for Vieira. Like she is what uh, eight and zero. Nine no now. Nine nine no now. Um, and having a a, a, a McMahon on your record, I think that's that's a good look, <laughs> especially at 135, where getting on any kind of streak can pretty much fast track you to a title shot just due to lack of new faces and people going to 45, people potentially going down to 25. So yeah, I, th I thought this was a really really good win um, on, on her behalf. Uh, I don't remember much of the first round. I know she got taken down. Uh, she was on the receiving end of some. Some interesting ground. And I mean, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a, some interesting ground and pound, to say the least. Um, but definitely props to her in the second round, the moment where a McMahon had had her up against the cage. And she was pretty, like, in control, it seemed like. And out of nowhere, this Vieira just kind of exploded and, like, kind of just tripped McMahon's leg from under and reversed it. Uh, I thought that was, that was a 
really, really just nice takedown to, to get her back in the fight. And then she got top control. And once she put in that uh that head arm triangle, um, yeah, like she had McMahon's neck like against the cage. There was no room to breathe. <laughs> she had that that submission in really, really tight. And yeah, you could tell like after the win, she was like almost in tears. Like it, it's a really, really good win. Um, from you know a prospect. So after this, man, she she might get some some pretty interesting. Matchups. It's, it's a nice W to have on your record. A uh, good comeback win, showing that she can come back from adversity. So, yeah, I, I was really impressed with what I saw. Definitely, definitely enjoyed her performance. So, uh, really quick, um, it's a damn shame this fight didn't get performance of the night. Um, not because uh, RDA and Zahudo weren't deserving. Um, I don't think the Stevens Melendez fight really warranted fight of the night. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah. I, like, I I really I really really preferred they just gave out like four different um performance in that bonuses. But I, I say it's because the people who won the uh performance and uh, all the bonuses for tonight were on the main card. When the people on the prelims are probably the people who need it the most. And with Caitlin Vieira, uh, like a 25 year old from um training with like the Pitbull brothers who literally has only been doing this since like 2014 50 G's like that buys her a whole nother level of training right like that, that and that's somebody you want getting good because she's going to be a top five fighter now or her next fight's going to be a top five fight so like I wish there was a little bit more forethought into who, they get, who gets these bonuses like hopefully she gets a discretionary bonus and you know like for some of these people that's life changing money that's career changing money like I, I think of like Neil Magny fighting what like six times a year and just being able to afford training right and you know racking up a performance bonus here or there to like really get himself in the gym all the time he doesn't have to work another job so like I, I really wish they had thought they think about the bonuses and terms like that. Like, hopefully she gets a discretionary bonus. I don't know if that's still a thing in the WME era, but hopefully. Yeah, throw, throw, throw a bag when... <laughs> throw an extra bag. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, um... As for the fight, um... Yeah, like, McMahon came out in the first round, did her thing. Like, she actually looked really good. Um, in terms of grappling, like, she passed Vieira's, uh, guard. Got all the way to the mount, which, if... Yeah, you, you remember McMahon's fights with like um, Shayna Baszler, Hitomi Akano. Not a lot of that. More just getting on top, staying in guard, and kind of just like being stifled there. Um, uh, like Team Alpha Male did a good job with that. Her ground and pound was awful. Like she was postured all the way up at still coming down and like her, she was arm punching and not putting any weight behind it so she would only reach like because her arms are so short she would only reach like um and she basically miss like Vieira's head by like an inch or two because she wasn't putting any weight behind it. I was like I was really hoping she was like unleash an elbow or something and like just kind of mess her up but no um Vieira ended up getting not the sweep, but, like, getting to, like, a... Uh, she wrapped her up 
from the bottom and kind of just pushed her off her, tried to go for a leg, but didn't work. Um, in the second round, like you said, I don't think McMahon's ever is has ever gotten used to being on her back. Like we learned that in the Tate fight, where she literally couldn't get up after getting taken down. Like Tate just stalled her out for two rounds from the top, or outworked her from the top, but. Uh, like the arm triangle that Vera hit on McMahon was tight as crap, but there's no reason it should have been that tight because a kind of uh, Vera was on the wrong side. Uh, like um, she did a crossbody arm triangle from half guard. It just seemed, like McMahon made no effort to like try to get her arm to the other side of her head or telephone her to, uh, like her arm so that she'd be able to create some space to turn in. I don't even think she tried to turn in. She like she tried to get Vera on the fence so that she couldn't jump to the other side of her body, but it didn't matter because she just gave up all that space and she was able to get real tight. Um, a big one for Vera, though. Like Her wins are coming easier and easier, and that's a good sign. Like She... Had a close fight with Kelly Fasholtz, had a definitive decision against Ashley Evans Smith, and then in her biggest fight to date, submits the um, the number one woman, or not the, right. the number one on her resume, I should say, like the number six woman in the division. Um, she's and like I said, she's only twenty five, so she's gonna be around for a while, and she probably is gonna leapfrog a few people in terms of ranking, as she um, as she should. Yeah, and, and no reason why she shouldn't because most of these people are either like kind of inactive or yeah, that the bottom half of bantamweight is just kind of weird. <laughs> it's just it's, like, it's really strange. Like Kat Zingano, Liz Carmouche, um, Rocky Pennington, like none of these women just like have disappeared. And I don't get why. Yes, yeah, it's, it's strange times. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know it'd be a good fight: Renault versus Vera. Renault's coming off a big win. Uh, was it last week or yeah, yeah, last week. Uh, a couple weeks ago. So that that'd be a solid fight for. Her. Yeah, and Renault would look pretty pretty good in that fight. So yeah, that would be another good fight against a good vet to kind of see, you know, see if she can pull off a win like that again. But yeah, definitely, definitely a good win for her. A great name to have on your resume. So. Yeah, props to props to Vieira. Definitely looking forward to, to seeing her again. Um, this next fight, do I remember this? Sarah Morris, or I hope I'm saying that right. Morris versus Ashley Evan Smith. Um, really, all I remember from this fight is um, Evan Smith. <laughs> I feel like played in the guard just too much. Like I, I don't know. I felt like he was. Because she got one armbar she did manage to get out of. But it was like every time she went to go in uh, Sarah's guard, like the legs were going up. Like she was viciously attacking from her back. And I don't know. I just feel like Ashley, I don't know if she maybe just played around down there too much. Maybe should have tried to keep it on the feet. Um, but yeah, that that uh that second armbar that Sarah went for, she did not let that arm go. Like she <laughs> She was determined to get that armbar. I love seeing like submissions like that where like the fighter just refuses to let go. Like I'm taking your arm home with me. Yeah. And yeah, she just she just literally she just kept going for it and 
Uh, actually got out of one of them, but could not escape the second one. And yeah, got a uh, got on board for her trouble. So <laughs> uh, good good win uh, for Sarah for persistence, man. Just <laughs> not giving up on a submission that you're pretty sure you can get. So yeah, I don't really have much else to say about that fight, but yeah, definitely uh definitely solid win for her. Um. Shout out to Sarah Moraes, who has been gone, or Moraes. Uh, yeah. Um, shout out to her, because uh, she has been gone for, like, what, two years? Yeah, Andrade was in July 2015. Um, yeah, so, like, yeah, she's been gone for a long time. She got shot, like, I don't remember you remember this, like, she got really shot on during that, uh, that tough season she was on. Like, um, who was it? I want to say by Dana White. Like, Dana, like Dana was just, like, constantly putting her down and, like, questioning her as a fighter. Uh, yeah, that was tough. 18. So, uh, like... Um, but, like, uh, this is a good win for Ashley Evan Smith was number 15 in the division. Uh, so maybe she's ranked come Monday. Um, Ashley Evan Smith, man. A woman with, like, all, like, the, some of the best wrestling credentials in MMA. Is, is still out here getting armbarred and bulldog choke in the UFC. Uh, which like what you gonna do? Um. <laughs> it's yeah, it's weird because she has a, a win over uh, Renault. Yeah, split decision, but I, oh, that's the fight where she got knocked down like two or three times, and the one of the judges gave her the round. She got knocked down, or two or three of the judges gave her the round where she got knocked down, and like, it, it was a straight up robbery. But uh, yeah. Um, but for Mariah's, like, hopefully this means Sarah's going to be more active. Um, another instance where I really wish she would have gave her, like, a bonus because, like, there's somebody who has a fall in two years who knows what the hell they're, like, she's doing for money. Like, she just beat a ranked opponent. Well, let's put some money, let's give her some money, let her go train full-time or something. We'll see. But if she, uh... Oh, let's talk about... Let's talk, we forgot. Um, Evan Smith's arm fucking... Like, her elbow popped. Oh, yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> it definitely did. Yeah, like, she... <laughs> it, yeah, it looked bad. Like, it was bent. Like Yeah, no, it was like, like, all the way back. And then, <laughs> and then in the post-fight interview, she's like... Uh, who was interviewing? Was it DC or was it um, Anik? Who was like, I think you broke her arm. And he's like, I. And she's like, I hope I did. <laughs> like Canada, what's up with your psychopaths? Hey man, <laughs> so, something in the water over there. <laughs> they're, they're building a different breed of humans over there. You guys already got Rory out here killing people. Rory's but... definitely murdered somebody just to see. Oh yeah. <laughs> Roy's got at least two bodies hidden somewhere in some body of water that nobody knows about. But yeah, man, 
props to uh, Sarah. Just keep going for arm bars. Apparently that's I don't know. This is looking like that's your thing, but <laughs> um, oh god. All right, so this next fight. Um, all right. Before before we get into this, could, could we set the, the the background a little bit? I, I remember before the thing we started recording. I, I dropped a hint at something about this fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the referee for t- for this fight for this fight between uh, Rick Glenn and uh, Gavin Tucker was Kyle Cardinal. For those who don't know, Kyle Cardinal is was the trainer for Tim Hague. Oh no! He was there the night in July in Edmonton when Tim Hague died. Oh boy! Yeah, that's that's not. And 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 just so there's no confusion, I'd like to also remind people that the Edmonton Athletic Commission postponed their report, the third party report, that led not by policemen, not by doctors, not by combat sports specialists, but by attorneys. Attorneys, they paid. To do a report on Tim Hague's death, they postponed it until after UFC 215. So, with that being the backdrop of this fight, (laughs) let's let's talk about Rick Glenn destroying Gavin Tucker for the better part of three rounds. And it, it. it almost sucks that the shenanigans kind of surrounding this fight. I don't want it to overshadow Glenn's performance because um, if there was ever a moment where a hype train got derailed, my God, this was it. Yeah. Like <laughs> the hype train got a grenade thrown at it and it just it exploded instantly. Um, I guess for people who don't know. Gavin Tucker was a pretty hot prospect coming into this fight. Um, he looked really good against Sam Cecilia. Uh, he looked very, very Dominic Cruz-ish, <laughs> somewhat. Lots of good head movement, flashy techniques. Looked like just a really fun guy to watch fight. So people were were really high on him. Like he, he looked like he had that that special it. You know, like he he could be, you know, he he could be a special talent in uh, at featherweight. Um, but Rick Glenn and his mustache were not having any of that tonight or, or last night. Um, Glenn just shout outs to Rick Glenn, man. I, I watched Rick Glenn in, in World Series of Fighting, and he looked night and day like compared to what <laughs> I've previously seen from him. Um, yeah, I did hear now that he's training at Alpha Male and whatever they are doing down there. My guy is working. Glenn just bullied Tucker this entire fight, like he. There's no other way to describe it. Like, he beat the crap out <laughs> this entire fight. Like, constant pressure, constantly in his face, constantly throwing strikes, roughing him up against the cage, taking him down, just ground and pound, everything. Everything you could do, <laughs> Glenn pretty much did. Like, it was an onslaught. And, but I, so like round one, I was like, oh, man, Glenn looks really good out here. Like, his striking looks improved. It's still not, you know, like, the best striking, but compared to what I've seen previously, like, he's definitely made strides in his striking. 
He's doing good in these exchanges. He's really taking it to Tucker. Second round, it was more of the same. I'm like, man, Glenn looks really, really good. And then there was a moment towards probably like the middle of round two where it's kind of like it went from, oh, crap, Glenn looks really good to, oh, crap, I think we should probably stop this fight. Like, it, it got to the point where the, it was so one-sided that it's like, I get it, man. We watch the sports. We, we. If you watch combat sports, of course you're gonna see violence. It's two people fighting, but there's kind of like this line, <laughs> like there's a line you cross where it's like, okay, this is entertaining, and then it's like, okay, this is a bit, like this is a bit much. And I mean, it's not Glenn's fault. You're a fighter. You fight until the rough pulls you off, or the fight ends. You get a stoppage, whatever, whatever, what have you. So he he's just out there doing what a fighter's supposed to do, and he is laying it on Tucker just in every way imaginable. And like by the end of the second round, like Gavin's face is just—he's a bloody mess out there, and he's back in the corner. I'm just looking at the corner, man. Like, dude, you need to throw in a towel. Like, you got you got a young guy. He he still got a pretty you know, hopefully promising future. Well, he's not all that um, young. He's 31. Well, yeah, uh, I guess so. But <laughs> well, either way, like he—he's probably still got a few bright years ahead of him. Like you can throw in the towel, man. Let him know, like, hey, it's just wasn't your night. We'll we'll go back to the gym. We'll regroup. Cause it wasn't. I could see if this was like a competitive fight, and maybe like he was losing every round, but he was making it like close. But like these rounds weren't close. He was getting dominated like every round, and then. By round three, just like round three didn't even need to happen. Like he didn't need to leave the stool to come back out, and he just Glenn just walked him down, beat the crap out of him, got him against the cage, beat him up <laughs> against the cage, took him down, and then there's a moment in the third where like he he took Glenn down, I mean Gavin down, and he's unleashing ground and pound. Gavin's hardly responding. He's getting like knees to the body, and the ref does this thing that I I hate in combat sports, where like he hovers. Yeah, like they do the they do the hover where it's like, oh, I'm gonna stop the fight, I'm gonna stop the fight, and then they don't stop it, and it's like he's not fighting back. Like the man is literally like getting beat within an inch of his life. Like it got hard to watch, and then the moment that really just threw it over the edge. I think it was one moment where. Glenn had got a takedown, and then it ended up, like, getting back to the feet. And Gavin literally turned around and, like, ran. Like I think he was running towards the cage. <laughs> yeah, to but, like... His, like, stay on his feet, but... Yeah, but it just... It just seemed like it, it, he wanted... I ain't gonna say he wanted out, because, it like, not too long after that, he was still kind of, like, kind of taunting, like, he knew he was still in it, but... I just feel like, at that point, like, dude completely turns his back. He's clearly getting the life beat out of him. And then when they get back to the cage, Glenn just keep unloading on unloads on him even more. It's like that whole just last round just didn't need to the fight should have gotten stopped so much sooner. Yeah. Just but in the end though, um awesome, awesome, awesome performance from from Rick Glenn. Like you're going against a young guy who's everybody who's everybody is, you know, pretty hype about and you take his hype train and you just throw it off the tracks. Like you just lift it up <laughs> like the Hulk. And you just throw it off the tracks. And yeah. 
Shout outs to Rick Glenn and his mustache for uh, literally laying a killing on Gavin Tucker. But uh, yeah, that was that was that got hard to watch. But great, great, great performance by uh, by Rick Glenn. Um yeah um. So Tucker actually looked decent, but pretty good actually for like the first two three minutes of the round, uh, first round. They got knocked down and then like. Then shit went to hell for him, like pretty damn quickly. Um, just constant, like you said, constant pressure for Glenn. Just constantly in his face, not going like spastic, not doing the John Lineker bit where like he just like bites down and throws twenty punches his way, but he he was out there putting on a pace and just was coming forward. It's like consistently, basically. Um, yeah, this, like in hindsight, this was a piss poor matchup for Tucker. <laughs> like one fight in the UFC, ten fights overall against a guy who's been uh, like he only been fighting for, since like 2011. Like Rick Glenn's been out here for over 11 years now. He's been fighting since he's been fighting since 2006. He's six foot tall, uh, and has two and a half times as many fights as Glenn. Sorry about the door; people are rude. Um, <laughs> and has, yeah, he has two and a half times as many fights as a Tucker. Like, I don't think this was a right matchup for him if you're trying to build him up. And I don't think they were because he's 31 and he's a featherweight, and like you don't have that long of a leash at 31 in featherweight, and and in, in the style that Tucker has because he, he's only five six and a half inches, like five feet six and a half inches tall. Not a particularly long guy. He his his style is very cardio intensive, where he has to be in and out, in and out, in and out. Um. And like I, I think Sam Cecilia was like kind of just like the perfect matchup for him, where like Cecilia is a flat-footed boxer, not even boxer, like bomb chucker basically, where he he'll plant his feet and throw, and if you're there, you're there, and if you're not, you you have to counter available to you all night long. Um. As for the refereeing job, yeah, like, this fight should have been stopped after the second on the stool, or at any point before the end of the fight in the third. Like, I, I don't get the lo- I, I don't get the logic of sending him back out there. I don't get the logic of the referee allowing him to get beat into a bloody pace just because he's flailing around the ground looking for, like, leg locks that are nowhere near close to being complete. And, and like if you if people think I'm being crazy, like Kyle Cardinal got kicked off the rest of the card because he did such an atrocious job. And I don't understand how your fighter, the guy you train, dies in the ring, not even three months ago. And it doesn't pop into your head that maybe just maybe I shouldn't let this other man bleed out in the damn cage. Like, I, I, I don't know where his head is at. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking insane. Yeah, I, I don't even... I don't get how he even gets allowed to, like, ref a fight again. Like, that was... Like, I don't get uncomfortable watching fights. I, I don't. But, uh, like, this is Joe Warren getting beat on. Get eating like fifty unanswered strikes from Pat Curran. Yeah, by Pat Curran. Yeah. Or this, yeah, or it was like that. Or the last like three rounds of the Mark Hunt Stipe Miocic fight, where we're all just begging them to stop throwing, uh, to stop the fight. Or even worse, was that Mayquell Falcao? Was that him? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. There, there's like that line between. A dominant performance, and it's like, oh, and then there's another line where it's like, oh, this guy's really, like, we're, we're talking life and death almost. Like, yeah. Literally, Glenn, Glenn probably just took, like, four years off his man's career with that beating. Like, like, security had to guide Glenn's fiance out of the crowd, and she passed press rows, and this is how I know this. And she was crying uncontrollably, begging for the fight to be stopped in the third round. They literally had to, they had to, dra- they had to bring her out of the audience. It was that bad. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, ugly. It just sucks because Glenn had a really good performance. Good, so you yeah. don't want it to get. Glenn had a really good performance that should have ended in a TKO win for him. Yeah, that's crazy. Glenn's only twenty-eight. For some reason, he strikes me as somebody who's just a lot older. He's been playing mustache. pro since he was like sixteen years old. Right, yeah, like this dude has some <laughs> has some mileage, uh, some mileage on him. But uh, great, uh, great, great performance from Glenn. Just a really tough fighter, and that alpha male that they're they're building some <laughs> they're building some good things to, uh over over there out in uh, out in alpha male. So yeah, uh, shout out to that camp, man. They're they're definitely Greg Glenn is like specifically built to break other to break guys on the rise, like. Yeah, he he fights at a consistent pace. He's big. He's tough as shit. He hits pretty damn hard. Like, is he is, is he the yeah? He's the guy who broke Georgie Karakanian's ribs, right? Yep. Yeah. So like, yeah, so. This, this is not a man to be trifled with. Yeah. Yeah. If he if he's in front of you, no matter if you might be athletically superior, technically superior, he's never gonna leave your face. You got like you have to put him out. Yeah. <laughs> he's just not gonna leave. But um, yeah, man, awesome performance for him. But yeah, we gotta get that rough out of here, man. That's, that's, uh. Um, uh, to be honest, the rest of this card I can't much comment on because the fight past prelims I missed. I missed both fights. Um, I did watch this Alex Smith, I mean Alex White and Mitch Clark fight, though I was kind of also watching college football at the same time. So I kind of don't remember. I know it ended in TKO. Okay. And, uh, okay. I guess. Um, this is another fight that should have been stopped like multiple times in the second round. Um, the first fight, uh, the first round was pretty competitive. Alex White um, uh, was, but it was pretty clear. Alex White was landing more. Like he, that left hand was really coming through. He was come. Uh, he was landing with the right hand, uh, the right hooks. And then the second round. Um, he gets an overhunder with his right arm. Uh, no, no, he gets an overhook on his right on um, Clark's arm, left arm, and with his left elbow proceeds to land twenty unanswered elbows to the side of Clark's head. 
like not like pitter patter off the like glancing shots, not like hard elbows and forearms to Clark's head. <laughs> and then he freaking drops him on the knee, and yeah, uh, Clark obviously goes to his back, and like White, being very smart, did not follow him to the ground. Let's him back up. Proceeds to drop him again. The ref lets the fight continue. Uh, um, and then White drops him one more time before falling in for the kill. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it, it was a prolonged ass beating. And then Clark retires at the end of it. Like if you if you see the post fight interview, you can see Clark and he's like kind of squinting, and it's because his eyes are closing. With like, God. yeah. No, it was not a good night for Mitch Clark. Yeah, so shout-outs to, to Alex White. Um, yeah, these last two I can't really comment on, but uh, R, R. John Buller and uh, Luis Enrique Barboza uh, de Oliveira. Uh, Buller won by decision. Um and Kajan Johnson Cajun. Uh, KO'd Cajun, Raging Cajun Johnson, <laughs> Cajun Johnson KO'd uh, Adriano uh, Martins and a KO that I saw the replay of and didn't quite understand what happened <laughs> I, I kind of saw Adriano rush in I saw some punches being thrown I didn't even know what landed and then I just saw Martin face plant uh but I guess he got clipped behind the air. One of those like phantom KOs where you just <laughs> you catch the clip behind the air and you just kind of that's kind of all she wrote. Yeah, that was a big win for uh, Johnson. Like I I didn't expect that. Um, but, I, I will say I'm very upset because WWE champion Jinder Mahal was supposed to walk out with Arjun Johnson, uh, Arjun Bueller, and he was not even in the city. So you're on my list, Jinder Mahal. <laughs> How are you not in the city? Like, <laughs> like I don't know he was supposed to be there. Like, I, I don't know if like his like I know he was in um Florida earlier the week earlier in the week, but I had heard he got out and was in Vegas. I think Ariel tweeted that out. Somebody I saw somebody tweet out where he was in Ve- he's, supp- he's supposedly in Vegas right now. I don't know why he didn't show up, but. That's part of the reason I like, made an effort to go watch the fight pass card. I wanted to see them walk. I wanted to see. I, I wanted to see the ridiculousness that is Jinder Mahal walking out with Ar- Arjun Buller. If you've ever seen Jinder Mahal, he is juice to the gills. <laughs> What's it? How do, how do you spell it? Uh, Jinder. So it's like Hinder with a J and Mahal M A. H. <laughs> I'll type in his name. <laughs> Jinder Mahal steroids. <laughs> yeah. No, look at him. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me, uh, let's go to images. Alright, let's see what we got. Oh, Lord, yeah, he is shredded. And there's a, there's a before and after picture of him when he was, when he first started off with the WWE and then there was one later. And it's just like, yeah, no, dude. You're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a, it's a big man. It's a shredded, a shredded gentleman. And, <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of Arj- Arjun Buller, but um, he does not look like uh, that. He is a very pudgy short man. 
So I, 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 I'm, I'm really sadly missed out on the contrast. Like people who had no idea who Bueller was, who Bueller was, just like or or Mahal for that matter, just look up and they see like this big jag dude walking down the ring, walking down the cage, and they think it, they think it's Arjun Bull, and then nope, it's a short bald dude. <laughs> but oh man, yeah, that'd be shredded. Yeah, but. Yeah, man, this card was, um, overall, man, this is a really good card. Yeah, it was really like, fun. This is a really dope pay-per-view. Um, yeah, like, literally from top to bottom. I mean, yeah, I get it. People are going to feel how they feel about the main event. Yeah, whatever. But top to bottom, man, you got a mix of everything. You got some really good finishes. You got to see prospects. You got to see vets do their thing. A lot of questions got answered. A lot of people stepped up to, to the occasion and shine when the spotlight was on them. Um. Yeah, there's a lot to to pull from this card. So, yeah, I, I would give this a pretty much like an A. I I was thoroughly pleased with what I saw. I took away a lot of my sleep, but hey, that's the price we pay. Love the sport. You got to stay up late and watch people get beat up. So, but <laughs> yeah, man, UFC 215. Um, awesome, awesome card. Uh, I guess before, real quick, we get to closing <laughs> the next card. Uh, Luke Rockhold and Dave Branch, which for whatever reason is the same night as Canelo versus Triple G. So I know what I'm watching. Right. <laughs> so, but real quick, um, just to gloss over this card, uh, a few interesting matchups. I mean, obviously main event Rockhold and David Branch. We also got uh, Tiago Alves and Mike Perry. Um, come on, Christoph Gakko <clears throat> and Uriah Hall, Kamaru Usman uh, and Sergio Marish. Yep. Also another. There's a few uh interesting matchups on this card. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing Triple G and Canelo probably won't start until what? ten o'clock. Uh, it'll, it'll probably start closer to midnight. Yeah. So, I guess I'll be watching these both probably around like the same time. I'll probably do my dual screen thing, but once the Canelo fight starts, I'm cutting. Uh, I love I love the UFC, but um, yeah, you guys are going off. Yeah, no. It... <laughs> yeah, Canelo and Triple G is getting my full attention. So uh, hopefully the, this UFC card ends in a lot of knockouts and they can just get through it. Yeah, because once Canelo starts, that's that's the uh, that's the money. Yeah, that's that's the money. But um, really quick uh, before we cut off again. Um, I know you didn't see it because we talked about it, but like, uh, the homie, uh, Sirisake Sor Rung, uh, Rungfisai knocked out Roman Gonzalez last night. And I'm, I've been struggling to think of an MMA parallel. Like, the closest I'm getting is like Chris Weidman knocking out Anderson Silva. Hmm. Or, um, if you're a kickboxing fan, Andy Risty knocking out, Greg, uh, Giorgio Petrosian. Petrosian. Yeah. Like, man, that night was crazy. Yeah, that was their live. Tell me about it. <laughs> to be, he beat Petrosian and, um, uh, 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 yeah, in the same night. Yeah, that was, that was a wild but, night. I, I'll never forget watching that. But yeah, but what really strikes me is like his story. Um, Ruin Visai, uh, if you know anything about him, he came to, combat sports late, later in life. Like, I think he didn't start until he was, like, 20-something. Or 20? Like, yeah, like, 20. Um, 
Which, if you know, like I think he started Muay Thai around the same time Roman Gonzalez started boxing professionally. So that that tells you a lot about like his journey. Um, so before Rungfusai was a uh, world champion, first bout Hall of Famer that he is now, he started his career one and three and one. He had a draw in there. Um, apparently, there was a. Thai promoter who was just using him to get money fights and um not money fights but like paydays in Japan so he would take fights against guys he had no chance of beating including Kenji Oba who was 16-0-2 Yushin Yafusa who was 4-1-2 and and Akira Gashi future WBC um what was it he was a future world champion basically like Akira Gashi was a world would go on to become world champion. And the reason this was happening was because Rungvisai was poor. He's a man who had to walk 60 miles to get to his security job and said he was eating, he would literally have to go in the garbage to find food to eat. That's crazy. Yeah, no, like... And now he's out here taking souls. Now, he, now he's headlining <laughs> HBO cards and knocking out the pound-for-pound pound best fighter on the planet. Like, that that's the type of shit that just draws you to combat sports. Right. Like, and probably got a pretty good uh, pretty good paycheck, uh, I'd imagine. I'd just say $5,000. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you, you don't got a garbage dig anymore after that. Yeah, like... Dude, when he when he beat Roman Gonzalez the first time, he became an instant legend in Thailand. Like, th- this dude has a government job waiting for him when he retires, basically. Like, ter- you, you ter- talk about turning your whole life around. Hey, man. Like, this this is a guy who was not supposed. Like, this was not a future. This is not a guy who was bred from like the day he was like five years old and to be a world champion. This is a guy who kind of wandered into it to make money. And ended up just being really good at it. Like and he knocked out Gonzalez cold. Like Gonzalez was down like five minutes after the fight. Hmm. So that was. Hey, I might have to go back and re. Uh, did that help? <clears throat> go back and rewatch. Oh, no, yeah. Like this weekend was amazing for boxing guys. Like Juan Francisco Estrada versus Carlos Quadras was the best fight this weekend. It was amazing. Go watch that. Now you're in a way made his US uh, his US debut, beat Antonio Neves, knocked him down a body punch, his corner quit after the sixth round. Maybe we should learn more of that in MMA guys. Right. Yeah, um <laughs> The World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight tournament uh, started today. It, it continues next week. I can't remember which fight's gonna be. I think it's um but but it started uh Saturday with the um Car, um, Alexander Usyk, Marco Huck fight for Usyk, 2012 Olympian, number one cruiserweight on the planet, dominates Huck, gets him out of there by the tenth round. Um, the one that's happening next week is Colm Smith versus Eric Skogland, and um, on Friday night, excuse me, David Benavides. Um, Won his first world championship against Roland, um, was it no Ronald Gavril on Showtime, it, 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 and that was a tremendous fight as well. If you never see Benavidez fight, go watch him fight. Um, 
his knockout of who was it? If it wasn't for um, the Rung side knockout last night, his knockout of um, Rogelio of Rogelio Medina would be knockout of the year. It's like a twenty punch combination KO. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so I got some some boxing homework to do. Yeah, <laughs> like this is just a really good weekend for fights. Oh man! Uh, I'm gonna find it for you like, really quick. The the um, the first knockout. The Lord. I get concerned for people when they eat that many punches in a row. <laughs> uh, I, I, oh, I'm man. show it to you really quick right now. Uh, there you. Go. Oh, you said yep. it. Oh God, how does this Skype thing work? Oh, there we go. All right, let's see what we got. He says 50 uh, episodes into his podcast. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, Microsoft Edge. Where's it taking me? What? No, you're going to show me this video. I'm going to see my KO. You guys are not going to take this from me. Okay. Alright, come on. Come on. <laughs> my internet hates me. Okay, alright, all right, we're getting there. We're getting there. A little, a little circle spinning. <laughs> I don't get why this opened up in Microsoft Edge and not in, uh, Cause, in Firefox. Because Windows 10 is bullshit. My God, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on, let me cut the volume off. Okay, oh, body shot, right hook. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, oh. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my. Okay, hold on. I gotta run this back. Hold on, what? <laughs> oh my God! All right, so just to paint a picture, let me um, let me run this back. So we got a body shot, we got two body shots, and he, he throws this really quick flurry. Oh my God! Yeah, like the last, <laughs> like the last like eight shots was just <laughs> like they just sat in the pocket and um. He didn't move his head. Like, he just sat there, and he just... His, his head turned with every punch, and he just... Oh, man. Oh, man. That was bad. I don't even understand why he was still standing. Like, he ate so many punches, and his head just keeps going from left to right, left to right. Oh, that was vicious. That was vicious. And then the ref pats him on the head after he gets knocked out. Oh, boy. On that note, <laughs> parting shots uh, and shout-outs before we uh, close out for the day. Um, I got two uh, quick shout-outs real quick. Uh, so, number one shout-out uh, for anybody who even pays attention to tennis. I happen to like tennis. I don't watch it as, as much as I used to, but I try... I, Keep a little nah here and there on what's going on. So, um, shout out to Sloan Stevens who won the U.S. Open uh, this weekend, beating uh, what was her opponent's name? I don't want to get it wrong. Something key. Mad- something keys. Madison Keys. I think. Yeah. Want to say Madison Keys? Um, and just to shout out to Sloan for winning because uh, just first uh, line of this article, uh, Sloan Stevens was ranked. Uh, very low, <laughs> to say the least. 
She jumped over 900 spots in the world rankings within a month and went on to win the Grand Slam. Uh, went on to win like a $3 million check, somewhere around that. Uh, had the most priceless facial, <laughs> facial expression <laughs> when she looked at the check. Um, so shout outs to her. Shout outs to American uh, and American for actually winning uh, in tennis. With the last name Nick Williams. Right. Right. <laughs> Not the last name Williams. Uh, so shout outs to her, man. Um, I think this is the first time since like 2002 since uh, the finals in the U.S. Open has been uh, two Americans. So uh, shout out to everybody who made like the semifinals and quarterfinals. I think it was I think it was all Americans. So. Shout out to us for actually doing good in tennis. Well, I feel like the women hold it down. I don't know what the men are doing in American tennis. I don't know what we're doing, but the women are out there holding it down. So, um, yeah, shout out to uh, Sloan Stevens for winning the U.S. Open. And shout out to my homie Scott Noble. I, I should have done this as a shout out like two weeks ago. But <laughs> uh, my homie Scott Noble uh, won his second uh, pro MMA fight. Oh, sorry. This, this is his second pro MMA fight. He's one and one. So he got his first win. Uh, he fought at uh, an event called American Fight League. Uh, this is out in Norfolk, Virginia. And he won a decision against uh, a gentleman named Kedrick Harris. Um, the fight is actually on uh, American Fight League has a Facebook page. And they actually did post all of their fights on the Facebook page. So uh, you can watch the fight. And just to put in perspective, according to Tapology, uh, my homie Noble was only... <laughs> Predicted by 26% to win his fight to a 74 for Harris, and he went out and won a decision. So, oh uh, yeah, shout outs to, uh, shout outs to my man uh, Scott Noble uh, out there, personal training, doing MMA, doing Muay Thai, doing everything, just out there being a. He's an awesome guy, man. So, so shout outs to him uh, for getting uh, his win uh, some weeks ago that I'm late <laughs> announcing, but uh, shout outs to Scott Noble, man. That's uh that's pretty much all I got for for shout outs. Um uh shout outs to um Kamaru Usman, I guess. Um I, I think he's a future title contender and he's gonna be fighting next week, so shout outs to him. I look forward to watching his fight. Hopefully it's on before the um the Glovkin Canelo fight, 'cause I like I'm not missing anything for that. Um, and if I'm right, uh, shout out to all the Olympians who will be playing on that card, I guess. Like, uh, Marlon Esparza, 2012 Olympic bronze medalist, Nicola Adams, um, 2012 and 2016 gold medalist. Uh, I want to say, did Sir Hill win the t uh, an Olympic gold medal? I want to say he did. But, like, there's, like, Two or three other guys on that card who uh, who were who were Olympians. So like, shouts to all of them. Like it's going to be a good card, basically top to bottom. So shouts to them. Yeah, next week's going to be awesome. Yeah, like Saturday night, whatever you're doing, cancel whatever plans you got. You got to watch. Uh, we got to watch this. Like this is going to be a really. <laughs> Coming off that Mayweather, uh, Connor shenanigans, whatever that was that we watched, um, we're about to get treated to the real deal. Yeah. So. Oh, and shouts to um, 
all the people going going through it right now with the hurricane in Florida and the uh, the Caribbean, uh, all the people in Barbuda who are literally about to go through a second hurricane. Ooh, man. Yeah, you gotta stay safe down there, man. Yeah, like I've seen people. I've, I know they're evacuating a lot of people, but some people, you no, know, are people who can't afford to leave and things like that. So yeah, you you guys, man, stay safe down there. That. Mother Nature is just out here wrecking shop, and after Irma, we're, I don't think we're done. We got Irma and Jose's leak lurking around the corner somewhere. It's, a, it's so. supposed to come up as close as New York. It's supposed to hit New York. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, that's one of the early miles. It's still got 10 days, so who knows? We'll see, but yeah, you, you guys, man, stay, stay safe down there. Um, hopefully this passes through. Uh, hurricane season definitely got off to a wild start, but yeah, man, you gotta stay safe down there. Uh, definitely wishes prayers to everybody out there. Um, but yeah, that's uh about it for today. Uh, of course, upcoming episodes. Of course, we're covering Triple G and Canelo, and as well as Branch and Rockhold. Uh, on the music side, uh, I dropped an episode last week, so you guys can check that out. And I'm gonna start working on my Samurai Shin review. Which I gotta buy those two mangas today, actually. So, bless you too. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, Samurai Shin. That'll be my next music slash manga review. So it might take me a little bit. So forgive me if it takes a while to drop the next episode. But I gotta read two mangas and uh, listen to like two EPs. So a lot to ingest, but I'm looking forward to it. Should be a fun project to review hopefully i get to talk about it bond into the hype with it i kind of want to see it so if i get around to seeing that i'll uh probably do an episode on that too but uh we're just short of two hours so i'm gonna be quiet enjoy the rest of my day go to my pop's house with a new tv watch some football eat good food all that good stuff but as always uh we're on youtube soundcloud google play uh, like the Dojo Talk Facebook page on um, Facebook. If you haven't already, follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. Um, we are coming up on episode 50. I'm pondering doing a giveaway of some sort. Don't hold me to that. It's, it's just a thought. But <laughs> I'm pondering it since we're coming up on episode 50. So that might be a thing. I don't know what I would give away, but we'll see. But... As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we'll be here to talk about it, and hopefully we catch you guys soon. Peace.